Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Fidoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with show for every team and Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valero and I are joined by Eric Edholm, the NFL draft analyst, NFL draft expert, NFL draft czar, guru for Yahoo. Eric, what's the best title for, for you there? I think Grand Poobah might be where I go. <laughs> is, that, is that fair? Is that too ostentatious? I don't know. But uh, no, that was a very kind introduction. I appreciate it very much. And it's, uh, it's great to be on with you guys. Oh, thanks, Eric. Yeah, any, at this time of year, you can be called draft anything, and it's well it's well received. So yeah, you, you know, draft king. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's like, wait, you can't do all these things you normally do. What what, what is this excuse? I don't believe in it. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, well, let's start off, Eric. Chiefs pick at number thirty one in the first round, second to last. Who do you? Who are a couple guys you can see them targeting around that uh, area if they do? Uh, stay at 31. We know Brett Veach likes to be aggressive and wheel and deal a little bit. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the offensive tackles situation is is one that probably needs some addressing. You know, you could you could argue they might need multiple bodies at that spot. Now, there still could be some options in free agency after the draft, what have you. Even me leading up to the draft wouldn't stun me, but that's a position I'd look at. Also on offense, I would think wide receiver makes a lot of sense. I had. Terrace Marshall Jr. from LSU uh, as the pick at 31 of my most recent mock drafts. So, you know, I, I think you look at the Super Bowl and see how ineffective they were throwing to players not named Tyree Kill and, and uh, Travis Kelsey. And, you know, and it shows you that as explosive as they are, if you can somehow do what the Bucks did and take those guys away, you know, it, they become a far less efficient offense. So defensively, I could see pass rusher. I could probably see cornerback as another spot they would address. So those are those are the positions. And corner and tackle, I think, are two of the deeper spots in this draft. So it lined and, and receiver for that matter. Um, so I do think it kind of lines up pretty nicely with the, with what their needs are. Yeah, Eric. Um, Jeff and I talked a little bit about this last week about you know when you when you get down late into the draft um, numbers, right? When you get late first round, late second round, if the Chiefs decide to stay there, right. It probably makes sense, don't you think, to go for a position that can um, make, a, make a more immediate impact and doesn't go, isn't going to need the time to develop, right? I mean, you, you know, you're not going to get probably, or at least on paper, you're not going to get a starting QB late in the draft that's going to make an impact right away. Yep. Um, you know, but maybe it's one of those positions that you know, they can go after late in the first round that can make an immediate impact like a Clyde Edwards-Alaire, right? Running back is definitely a position that, you know, you don't need a whole lot of time to ramp up. Running back is running back. Granted, the NFL speed is a little different than college, but at the same time, I think they'd, I personally think they'd have a better opportunity at grabbing one of those positions than a mature, I call them maturing positions like an offensive tackle. That's just my own, you know, my own opinion. Absolutely makes sense, right? And, and, you know, while you'd love to be able to just go straight down the board and, and take the highest rated player, we know there are, you know, positional ramifications. There are the status of your roster that you just brought up. This is a team that's built to win now that has a couple of, you know, leaks that they'd like to fix. So, yeah, I think, you know, they'd be probably more inclined, and that makes a lot of sense to go with somebody who's 
a little more polish, you know, a little more on the safe side because they've, you know, I feel like the Chiefs have rolled the dice on some athletic projects who, you know, didn't always pan out. Tano passing, you know, you know, Willie Gay last year, we saw little flashes, et cetera. So, you know, I'm not saying th those, those picks, you should stop looking for those types of players, but I think it does make sense. I mean, what Clyde was able to do is step in right away because he'd handled protection duties at LSU. He caught passes. He'd been a running back and, and really was, you know, the, one of the more valuable members of that, that championship team. So, you know, it, it made sense the more you thought about it, even though the pick was a surprise to a lot of people. So I could see a similar approach this year, yeah. And now a word from our sponsor. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And they even have great bets for the 2021 draft, including uh, you can pick who is going to be the first offensive lineman selected. Panay Sewell right now is her odds on favorite. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. They need to put a bet on there how good you would look in that all juice team with your with your gun show. <laughs> with your gun show, you know, with those those pythons falling out of that shirt. Eric, got to tell us about the all juice team. Yeah, and it, it's a bittersweet thing obviously. It uh, our colleague Therese Paler, who a lot of people who who may be watching know, who was uh, Kansas City star writer, covered the Chiefs for, for a number of years, then came to Yahoo Sports, I believe back in 2018, 17 or 18, I can't remember exactly when, but, you know, he, he immediately became not only a member of the team who was beloved by everybody at Yahoo, but also somebody who expanded his reach as, as a writer and as a podcast host for Yahoo Sports and really gained a national following. And, and uh, he died back in uh, the winter, and it was a shock to all of us. Only 37 years old, he was engaged to be married. You know, ha had the world on a string, and was just hitting his peak. And you know, we all miss him a ton. And one of the staples that he brought from the Kansas City Star to Yahoo Sports, one of his signature pieces, was, and you can see right here, I'm wearing the shirt, the All Juice Team. And he had a really neat way of doing it. He would pick 22 players, 11 on offense and defense. And they weren't all just stars. They weren't all first-round draft picks. He would only allow himself, you know, two players per portion of the draft, basically, high first, mid first, low first, et cetera, all the way down to some guys we were even undrafted, guys who had attitude, performance, and effort, you know. And, and that, that combination was really what we tried to look for this year as we're honoring Therese not only with a scholarship at Howard University, uh, his alma mater, uh, all the proceeds uh, go to that uh, effort to, to create a scholarship uh, at his school. Um, but we also wanted to honor Therese, the work he did on the, the All Juice team. And so Monday we'll be putting out uh, our, our, our tribute to him, essentially. And uh, I had the honor of picking the team along with Charles Robinson and Pete Thamel. And I hope we can do him justice. I hope we can come close to who he would have selected. There are one or two I have my doubts about, but – I think we put a great team together and did our best to try to honor our friend. Can you, can you give us a tease, maybe one or two guys who might have made that that all-juice team? Yeah, I think the secondary is going to be in really good shape. A bunch of junkyard dogs back there. We've got uh, Greg Newsom, a corner from Northwestern, who plays with this you know, aggressive mentality and loves to kind of get in, in uh, receivers' faces. We've got J.C. Horn, the son of Joe Horn, former Chiefs wide receiver. Yeah. 
um, who has, you know, really risen up draft boards. He's got the great length, you know, hyper competitive, covered everybody from slot receivers to Kyle Pitts, a 245-pound tight end. Um, and one of my favorites, Elijah Molden, the nickel corner, I think is going to be a, a fun addition to the team. He's just a, he's a feisty ball hawk who, um, you know, I think five years from now we'll look back and say, how did he get drafted as low as he did? He'll be one of those players who I believe will – outplay his draft position so there's a couple names for you we've got uh what 18 more 20 uh, 19 more to, uh, on the team that i think people enjoy very cool very cool eric uh, and tell us a little bit more about uh don't know if he'll make the all juice team or not but uh marshall in the first round who you have going to the chiefs why do you think he would be i know as we said receiver is a need but why particularly is, is marshall a, a good candidate there yeah, I mean, he's big, he's long, and he's fast. He's a vertical threat. And, you know, I think would be uh, uh, an upgrade over Robinson, I think would be an upgrade. It really kind of fits a body type that they don't really have at wide receiver right now. And, um, you know, he's he's a player who you, have, you see some warts on in the sense that he seemed to kind of tap out towards the end of the season before opting out. There were, you know, a couple of games where his focus wasn't real strong. He had a couple drops. You know, he looked a little checked out towards the end of last season. Uh, and he opted out right before the Alabama game. That was a game that a lot of scouts really wanted to see, you know, him going up against Bama's defense. And, and yet he was hyper-productive, you know, early in the year, had a monster game against Missouri, uh, put up tremendous numbers. I think the number off the top of my head, 23 touchdowns in his last 19 games. And, you know, he was fighting, you know, Jamar Chase and, and Justin Jefferson for targets and Thaddeus Moss and, and Clyde Edwards-Solaire at LSU. I know they threw the ball. With Joe Burrow throwing to those guys? What yeah. a, what a, no wonder well, that I mean, made it off. That, that, that offense was insane. But, you know, he held his own. I mean, he kept Justin Jefferson in the slot, Mr. 1,400-yard rookie for the Vikings last year. So, you know, there, there's a lot of untapped potential there. And there's also a cool little tie into the Chiefs, too, his great uncle was Joe Delaney, who oh, drowned while saving some kids in New Orleans, you know, in Louisiana. Uh, yeah. Was it 1983? I want to say so that, you know, again, I, I didn't do it for that reason, but I, it's a cool little connection that would uh, kind of bring home the the family there a little bit. It is, Eric. I think Eric's been reading our our diaries, Jeff. I think we we've talked about that before, Eric. In in uh -huh. that, it's the one piece of the receiving core that the Chiefs have never had. You know that like. Randy yes. Moss, over the top, back shoulder throw, jump up and get a ball, you know, down, you know, throw the flag, you know, throw the flag route down in the corner of the end zone. You know, they just, they've never really had that other than Travis Kelsey, who's just, you know, a big giant wide receiver, but, but they've never really had that kind of, uh, you know, in, in the one, two or three position before. So I, I, I think that's a great, I think that's a great idea. I think it's a great analysis of, of what they might be looking for in this draft. He's got great length. You know, I mean, the 6'2", almost 6'3", uh, a little lean, 200 pounds, 205, something like that. But he ran a 4'4 at his pro day, 33-inch arms. You know, I mean, he he's had a few injuries going even back to high school that need to be kind of vetted out, and every team's going to have a different uh, opinion of it. I want to say he broke his leg and had a foot injury, but has been healthy in college and just has that separation skill that you don't often see in a, in a big receiver like that yeah that would that would open up 
you know, the playbook for Eric Bieniemy and Andy, amazing, right? And that's, that's what they, they need, need, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? They need more pages in that playbook. But, they, <laughs> but they've been able to do that year, you know, year over year, even going from the AFC Championship year to the Super Bowl year to this year. They've always seemed to add like a little bit of a, a twist, right? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was kind of that last year, right, where it was that scat back out of the backfield, you know, yep. gave them a little bit of a different um, – you know, probably add a few more plays. I, I think that's a, I, I think that would be a great pick for them. And it falls into my philosophy of you're going for a position that is a, a an already, and I'm putting air quotes up, a matured position where yeah. you can make that transition a lot easier. I, it's tough. It's tough on the, on the O-line. It's tough at linebacker, you know, those, those speed skill, positions where there's not a whole lot of difference between a major college program and an NFL team. I think that's, I think that's a great pick. I think that'd be a great pick for them. And, and you still can have him run a slimmer route tree. You can, you could tailor to his strengths too. I mean, they, you know, the one thing, you know, sometimes on shorter stuff, they would throw a little, little, uh, a little blaze out or a bubble screen or something. And, you know, he doesn't have elite kind of elusiveness. He can't always make the first guy miss. He broke some tackles, but really it was more about, uh, you know, his, his vertical ability, I thought. Mm -hmm. He had good slant ability too. But so they have the luxury, I think, of taking his three or four best routes and giving him a steady diet of that. They don't have to make him a 75-play wide receiver on day one, and that'll kind of help, and they can, you know, sort of grow his game if he were to land there. Yeah, not that they're the same body type at all. I'm sorry, Jeff, but not they're the same body type at all. But, you know, look at Julian Edelman retires today, right? 12 years, three Super Bowls, honors, all that stuff. I mean, he was that kind of receiver. Now, granted, he wasn't the, the body type receiver yeah. that we're talking about, but he was that slim down, you know, route tree. He wasn't running he wasn't running 20 routes. He was, right. he had his core, you know, stuff that he, you know, that, that Brady was able to feed him over the years. And, and I think that's another great analysis on your part is that that would just be, that would add a, a, a nice, really solid um, sort of uh, facet to, to the Chiefs passing game to have a, a receiver like that. Eric, if they do target, if they, if they don't go with Marshall or receiver in the first down, if they do target offensive tackle, which is such a need, who are a couple guys at the bottom of the first round or where they also pick at the bottom of the second round, second uh, to last in that round as well, who might be good candidates for the Chiefs? Yeah, so at 31, assuming they don't trade up, let's just say they're, they're, they're stuck at that pick. Uh, Penny Sewell's going to be off the board. Rayshon Slater, some teams think he's a guard, but still we'll call him a tackle for this uh, argument's sake. And I believe Christian Darisoff from Virginia Tech are all going to be gone, I think, within the top you know, 20 or so picks. Then you get into that kind of nether region where, you know, there's some guards who could play tackle. Ollie Vera Tucker from USC, a little shorter arms, but I still like him a lot. I like, like him a lot as a prospect. Um, but let's put him to the side for a minute. And assume he doesn't really sort of fit what the Chiefs traditionally have gone for, those big long limb tackles, you know, uh, a little more mauler, you know. So, I would say the one that really, really fits, but I'm not 100% sure if he'll go. I actually had him going quite a bit earlier, uh, is Tevin Jenkins from uh, Oklahoma State. Country strong, big long arms, you know, almost six foot six. I think developed a little bit more of a mean streak and showed out better athletically than maybe some people realize. He's got just enough arm length, sort of checks off all the boxes there. A uh, little inconsistencies in his game, but I, I really like the guy and think he could be a day one starter. 
I pegged them 17th to the Raiders, but let's say that doesn't happen. It's not as if there are 13 other teams in the next several picks that would take him there. He's got kind of that borderline first round, early second, or, you know, late first, early second round grade for a lot of teams. So he's one to keep an eye on. And I would throw Liam Eikenberg from Notre Dame out there too. I'm not quite as high as Sam Cosby from Texas uh, as some people are. I like him, but, you know, Eikenberg would be a little bit of a, a safe pick. I don't know that he has a ginormous ceiling as a prospect, but, you know, he's very experienced, comes from a program that's been in a lot of big games. You know, he shows a pretty good anchor, uh, and he's a really good technician too. He's not a super athlete, but, you know, he's, he's capable. So I, I think he sort of fits the Chiefs mold, and I think I put him in a mock draft maybe one or two mock drafts ago, they all kind of blend together. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's, even as a lineman, right. I'm, I'm, I always, Jeff knows, I always go for the lineman. Um, <laughs> sure. it, it's a, it's a, it's a scary pick in the first round, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I have never done a formal study on it. I've never really looked at the numbers of it, but I would be very curious to see if, if, if I had the time to go back and look, um, and, and you know, and obviously, bust is a is a strong word, and it's and it's a subjective word. But right. I just wonder how many first round offensive linemen have not really made and the impact that they thought they would. And if it's the position where you see the most, uh, you know, players uh, not make the grade um, on offensive line. When you talk about first round picks, I mean, I know there's been a sh- your sh- our share of quarterbacks who didn't pan out who were drafted in the first round, but. It's it's it to me. It's the toughest position, not just because I'm a lineman. It's the toughest position to make the jump um, to the NFL because of the size, speed, and strength of all of the defensive players that you go against. Not just a couple that you might match up with during a college season. Yeah, there's no doubt there is a lot of volatility there, and, and you know what suffices for good athleticism on the college level may not do so on the NFL level. You know they may not have the proper length. They could dominate people in college, but those long limber edge rushers can give them trouble. So, you know, it, it comes down to the right positional fit. You, just because you play left tackle in college doesn't mean you're going to be able to do it in, in the pros. Then there's an adjustment. It comes down to what kind of scheme you're running. Are you a good fit for that scheme? You know, that, that obviously has a lot to do with it, I would think. And, you know, sometimes there's a, a feeling that like, oh, you just got to get one of these great athletes. And, and occasionally it works out like a Colton Miller you know, his first year, he led the league in penalties, looked kind of out of sorts and everything. But eventually that athletic ability, you know, shined once his, the mental part of it got caught up. So there's some patience required. I, I agree. And, and there's a lot of, you know, busts in the first round with offensive linemen that don't get talked about as much. Especially at the tackle position. I think you can, Jeff and I always say, you can, you can hide at guard and center because you've got bumpers and guardrails. But, man, you get out on that edge. Absolutely. And you're, you're going against the Frank Clarks of the world. And go back to my days, you're going against the Derek Thomases and the Leslie O'Neills on a daily basis. And it's a whole different world out there. Yes, sir. You, you mentioned uh, the Raiders, Colton Miller, and also I, I believe where, that's the team you have uh, Jenkins going to. And if he does fall to the Chiefs, it would be a cool story. He's a Topeka, Kansas kid where he grew right. up. So a, a neat thing there. Well, I don't relax well. With my crazy life, it's just hard for me to shut off my brain and chill. I overthink. I get easily stressed out, and it effing sucks. So I did my homework and found Sunday Scaries, which are delicious and vitamin-boosted CBD gummies. They become a must-have in my daily routine, and they chill me out in just about 20 minutes. Basically, they help me take the edge off so I can maintain a composure and live scare-free. 
And there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money back guarantee. If the product's not for you, that's okay. We'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries is in the stress relieving business, not the stress causing business. I got you 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com and use my promo code BELIEVE for your discount. That's promo code B-L-E-A-V for 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're effing amazing and you won't regret joining their squad. Um, Eric, before you jump off here, give us one, whether it goes to the Chiefs or not, maybe one just prospect you just really love in this draft. Maybe guys aren't even talking about them. Yeah, there's a few in this in this one. I, let me try to pull up my 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 overall grades. I'm sure there are a couple that I. I mean, Kyle Pitts at the top. You know, I I think it's tremendous. He's my number two overall player. I've got a high grade on him. I mentioned Barrett Tucker. I think I have him as my number thirteen overall player. Even if he's only a guard, I really like his temperament and think, you know, he's going to play uh, at a real high level, whatever position he ends up at. Um, Trayvon Merrick, the safety out of TCU, I, I, I really enjoyed watching him. He's, he's a little bit of a taller, kind of high-cut guy, but uh, I think he's going to be somebody who potentially could lead the, the league in interceptions one season. And he's, just a, he's got that ball-hawking instinct and I think should be a first-rounder, even though I didn't put him in my most recent mock because there's some teams that have second-round and third-round grades on him. So, and, and then one that, you know, like it would be a fun Chiefs pick. It would be a fun pick to any of the other 31 teams. But Landon Dickerson from Alabama, if you know the story at all, he's the one who suffered the torn ACL. He's had a number of injuries in the past. But in the SEC title game against Florida, and you saw every single member of the Bama team, you know, just crowd around the truck when he was getting carted off. You could see the level of respect. And then a few weeks later, he was able to take the field for the ceremonial final few snaps with a torn ACL, uh, the kneel downs against Ohio State in the national championship game. And it was just a it was a great moment for an offensive lineman. As you guys know, they don't they don't always get the shine. So it was cool to see that. And when you turn on the tape, he's this Quentin Nelson sized guy. I mean, yeah. 6'5", 335, a giant for, for a guard or a tackle. Uh, who moves pretty darn well, very smart, hyper-competitive, plays through the whistle. It, you know, if you like offensive line play at all, go turn on Landon Dickerson's tape. I think you're going to see a lot of stuff that, that, that's pretty fun. So cool. Thanks so much for taking the time to uh, chat with us today, Eric. And uh, very cool what you guys are doing with the All-Juice team. Uh, Trez, such a talented writer, such a uh, – I always enjoyed just seeing him around uh, the Chiefs facility and stuff. And he was such a great guy and – so shocking. You know, he was doing – I remember he did all the Super Bowl pressers, and then I saw, like, the next day he was uh, – so uh, so cool that you guys are doing that to remember him. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah no, we, we loved him, and we miss him every single day. And, uh, you know, hopefully he can just keep his memory alive with the All-Juice team and honor him as best we can. And thank you for, for letting me uh, talk about that today. I appreciate it. Oh, of course. It's a special thing, and we really appreciate you sharing that with, uh, with the listeners, Eric. So thank you. And hey, have fun with the draft, man. This is it, right? So thank you for joining us. You're fantastic. Always great to have you on. Really appreciate it. Joe, what, did, so Joe, what, are, what are your thoughts after, after hearing some of uh, Eric's analysis here? Oh, he, I mean, look, he lives it, you know, that's why we have folks like him on, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's just, it's what he eats, breathes and sleeps this time of year. And to get that kind of insight is, is fantastic, right? Because, you know, as much as we think we're analyzing and studying the draft, somebody like him, he's just, 
he's all over it. And uh, I love some of his thoughts. I, I really do. I mean, we talked about this, Jeff. I, I think it's going to be tough for them, I think, to, to make that impact tackle pick late in the first round. They could, you know, if somebody is still there that they really like, it could happen. But I think, um, I think Eric's spot on with a long, tall receiver that changes their offense, right? Because that's what they've been trying to do. They've, they've built so much of this offensive lineup over this course of this offseason to, to free agency. Um, I think that would be a perfect spot for them to go for that. And I'm going to call him just using some, something people relate to that Randy Moss type receiver, I think would be a crazy addition to Eric Bieniemy's offense. And Joe, you called it last year. You were saying running back to the Chiefs. And I'm like, Joe, Joe is, Joe is crazy. He never, Andy Reid, like you looked, there were all these articles. You looked at all these studies and he never drafted a running back in the first round. Even like LaShawn McCoy, I think was like not a first round or six. I'm like, oh, I mean, like, I don't know if Joe is on by, and you were exactly correct. So if, if this is what Eric's saying, this is what you're saying, I think I could see a receiver in the first. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride Eric's coattails on that for sure. I I just think it makes it makes perfect sense when you look at all the pieces that they've done. Look, they could move up. They could somebody could be on the board that they like, and and they go talent first over position. Million different scenarios on draft day. That's what makes it so much fun. Totally, and we're gonna we're gonna have several weeks here. Draft is not till the end of the month, the 29th. We're gonna have several of these podcasts breaking down the draft and projecting who could go. Uh, to the Chiefs. So if you enjoyed this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.